0: The Wrestling Life Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, it's episode 235, it's May 14th, 2020, I'm Ethan And I'm Liam Liam, we have so much to discuss this week, so much to talk about
1: And as always, so many things we can't talk about right here on the first and only wrestling podcast.
0: That's right. Well, it certainly has been a newsworthy week in North American pro wrestling. There's a lot going on for a change. There was WWE pay-per-view this past weekend. We had a very eventful Monday Night Raw. We have the end of another brand split. We had uh, the Wednesday night television shows this week. Just a a lot going on. I suppose let's start with Money in the Bank. Uh, It was like the shortest pay-per-view of our lives. What did you think about that?
1: Uh, The fact that it was short was great. (laughs) Uh, It was over at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, That's great. Um, I was sort of wondering aloud uh, on Twitter during the show... I guess not allowed because I was typing. <laughs> but, uh, about is there a rule that says the shows have to go a certain length because they're still on traditional pay-per-view? Why are we watching R-Truth Rest- Wrestle MVP? And I still don't think there's a good answer for that. But, uh, as it turns out, the show still the shortest show uh, in many, many years. And, uh, so much the better. Uh, even the filler doesn't seem that bad when the show ends that early.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I guess the the highlight of the show, the only ha- the only highlight of the show, <laughs> was the was the ladder match. I guess it depends how you feel about Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins in an empty building. Uh, they certainly tried hard. Uh and uh so I guess we'll give you a, I'll I'll ask for your opinion. First of all, which was better, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins or the ladder match? And second of all, would you like to do some Seth Rollins body shaming tonight? <laughs> um
1: I would say that I found more enjoyment in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Though I feel that it was probably the weakest of the uh, three cinematic matches that we have seen on WWE television in recent times, or four, I guess and it was probably better than the Gargan. But that was just long. There wasn't that wasn't bad. Um, but I uh, I didn't. I, I, that being said, I didn't think uh, Seth and Drew were was bad. They tried really, really hard and they worked very hard and I I won't knock the effort. And yeah, I don't know if this is part of whatever this new gimmick he's doing is, but for Seth Rollins, not for like any normal person. He looks great for any normal human being with his shirt off. But for professional wrestler Seth Rollins, I don't think he's ever been in like worse cosmetic shape. (laughs) He just looks like he has not been lifting weights very much. He has like the closest thing to a gut I've ever seen him have. He's not tanning. And again, this might all be him you know, trying to work it into whatever this new character direction he's going in with his wacky, disheveled hair. But for every reason, I was, I was just struck. Or maybe it was just because he was standing next to Drew McIntyre. But either way, like I just looked at him and was like, man, I've, I've never seen... Seth Rollins, again, while still looking in tremendous shape for any normal human being, look, this, like, this is the least in shape I've ever seen Seth Rollins. Because he's just always been, you know, he's been, he was, like, championing the CrossFit stuff before that was, like, a fad. So I'm just used to seeing him be, like, have one of the better physiques on the whole show. And now he's, like I said, he just looks... For his own standards looked a little below average to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> you pointed this out to me during the show on Sunday via direct message and my first thought was oh, I think you're out of your mind and then I looked I as like, well yeah maybe he has he only has like two abs instead of a six pack and eh, Maybe he's a, he's a little skinnier, but in the in the upper body from. But maybe it's not a big deal. And then I saw him on Monday, and he was, uh, yeah, everything you said.
1: <laughs> yeah, like and again, I'm not. And if this, whether this is part of his character or whether this is just him not having great motivation to work out as much because he's at home a lot more. Whatever, it's fine. It's not a. It's certainly not a big deal. But it was just something I noticed. I was like, I mean, that's you know, he's even before he was, you know, he bulked up when he became a WWE guy. If you go back and look at him in an ROH, he was skinny, but he was all, always always had like a very athletic build to him, and now he looks like a guy who lifts and then kind of stopped for a while, but didn't change his eating habits, and so he's. <laughs> put on a few. And I, like, again, it's, it's not a problem. I want to make this clear. I don't body shame. I'm not as comfortable body shaming as you are. But uh, I I just, uh, it was just something I noticed about the show. And mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we're, we're changing our image even more than we already were with our ladies jacket and our
0: one glove. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, people that have uh, very good for normal people physiques, but very bad for real for pro wrestling physiques. Sami Zayn uh, is being stripped of the Intercontinental Championship. So much for people who didn't want to work during a pandemic not being punished or losing their push. Sami's being stripped of the title. They're going to do a tournament for it on SmackDown. What do you think?
1: Um, Like, at the end of the day, I don't think it's worth being upset about either way because it's the Intercontinental Championship Um, but when say on one show the champion can't defend his belt and they're doing an interim championship tournament uh, and then at the same time this other guy is not going to defend his belt so we're showing him of the belt and you have somebody else who was suspended for 30 days and they didn't take the belt off of him and then you look historically at people who win the belt at SummerSlam and then don't defend it until the Royal Rumble. Um, I don't know. I just when when I I don't think this is something we all have to be furious about. But <laughs> I did see people also trying to defend this, and um, uh, it's it's fake. So if you're if your defense is well, he hasn't defended the title in thirty days. I uh, just just remember it's a fake sport and that's a made up rule and it's uh selectively enforced let's say so yeah i mean i is is there a double standard there when they're stripping one guy of the title and the other guy they're doing a interim championship tournament and they're planning on bringing the other guy with the real championship back yeah maybe but i don't know man it's the intercontinental championship at the end of the day and i can't really get i can't really muster much uh anger over it either you know
0: 100 percent, i get it i get it i think it sucks but i um don't feel that strongly about about it like if this were i mean as you pointed out andrade got suspended holding a secondary title and they didn't bother to take the title off of him so what's the difference well Andrade's dating one of the top stars in the company
1: and is and, well liked whereas Sammy has a reputation for uh, I guess asking why they do things
0: <laughs> and yes.
1: uh, being sort of neurotic
0: so <laughs> it's understandable yeah yep double standards double standards exist Um. I don't know whether to talk about Becky or the wild card rule. Uh, the why, reincarnation. Let
1: save Becky for the main event of everything.
0: All right, that sounds good. Let's talk about the new wild card rule. This time, it's been called the brand to brand invitation, which is just a horrible, horrible <laughs> name.
1: I love that every time they do the same thing because, as <laughs> we've established, we've talked about this a hundred times on the show. I was talking about it on Twitter this week. Uh, Vince has three moves. He brings back old guys. Yep. He brings himself or his children back yep. and he ends the brand split. Yep. But we can't just call it. He either ends or restarts a brand split, <laughs> um, but we can't just call it the same things that we've always called it. That's why the draft became the superstar shakeup for two years. <laughs> yes. And now it's the draft again, because they're on Fox and it's a sport. Yes. Or whatever. Um, yes. And yes, we can't just call it, We can't call it a exchange of talent or super shows with both rosters together uh, or even the wild card rule. We have to come up <laughs> with a new branding tool for this thing that we've seen a hundred times. It's like when yeah. they call a tournament a series of matches instead of a <laughs> tournament. It's like, no, this is... There are already words to describe what you are doing, but we have to try to dress it up in a new hat.
0: Yes, yes, all of this is true. Maybe we've discussed this on the show before. I feel like it's come up. I feel like people have heard me droning on and on about this many times, but the brand the brand split is a wonderful idea in practice that has failed miserably every time that it's been implemented. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a really great idea, but it doesn't work. So can we stop it?
1: Yeah, I mean, especially right now, if your rosters are thin, um, and you don't have just a wealth of talent sitting around, and you don't know when some of your top stars are coming back, uh, yeah, I see no reason not to. I know people like the idea of it, like you said, and once a year when you do the Invasion angle, it usually leads to good ratings for a week or two. Right. But is that worth the other 48 weeks of the year of uh, diminishing returns, if not outright losses on, uh, on viewership and... You know, not being able to, and if they feel tampering, them to produce fresh matches or whatever. Not that I'm jazzed about uh, Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin, but that's at least. Hey, I don't think I've ever seen that match before, so there's something.
0: Yeah, there is that. Uh, I would like to use the brand brand invitational for a moment to go back and discuss Drew McIntyre's physique for a second. Sure. I think I think most people look bad standing next to Drew McIntyre. He has like an action figure come-to-life physique that belies all drug testing protocol (laughs) common sense
1: speaking of those types of physiques ginger's back
0: he sure is and he's he might be a baby face or he might be a really smarmy heel it's difficult to tell do you think they know yet
1: (laughs) um i mean based on him like demanding i feel like he was pushing like when someone repeatedly goes, I am a hero, that to me streams, okay, he's not supposed to be an actual hero. He's... Uh, that's, so I, I felt like that was a heel thing, and they're setting it up that he's going to... I don't know if he's going to wrestle Drew on TV, or if they're actually going to try to build a pay-per-view out of it, but... Um, to me, I feel like that's a direction and there is obviously history there because they were both once comedy buffoons in the same faction. Um, So there is something there from a story perspective that has a little meat to the bone, even if the match won't be particularly good. Um, So yeah, I got the impression that it was a heel thing and he's like, he's like, he's like trying to be like, yes, I'm just like drew. And so everyone should cheer me like they cheer drew because I am also a hero. So I hope that was supposed to be a heel promo
0: anyway. <laughs> yes. Uh, other items coming out of uh, Monday Night Raw this week. Edge and Randy Orton are going to have a wrestling match. Charlie Caruso thinks it will be could be the greatest wrestling match ever. Uh, why, would you, why would you feed someone a line that would make them look like an idiot? Why would you do that? I, 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 I don't know. I mean, this is
1: probably was fed to her by the same man who once allegedly said that Randy Orton versus Batista (laughs) was going to be the greatest match of all time. Yes. So um, I'm sure it was fed to her in earnest. Yeah. Um, I will say Randy, Randy Orton and whoever, I don't know if he writes his own stuff or if he works with somebody, they did their best to try and make sense out of going out of how this feud started with, the baby face winning a gimmick match, and now the heel wants a straight-up wrestling match. Um, yep. Yep. They did their best, and I think it worked out as well as it could have, given the circumstances.
0: Yep, they tried. They tried. Otis is Mr. Money in the Bank. I didn't see that coming.
1: Yeah, um, especially once they, multiple times on the show and on SmackDown, uh, pointed out how fat he was. Now, he's so stupid and fat he can't uh, climb the ladder. But, uh, yeah, they did a a weird, fluky thing, and uh, he caught the ladder. You know, I'm worried because uh, famously once Brian Alvarez said that he was worried that if Jeff Hardy won the belt that he would trade it for a skateboard. Yes. I'm worried that Otis might trade it for, like, a big sandwich.
0: <laughs> like a, a Dagwood sandwich, Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> I'm worried that like Bob Roode or somebody is going to offer him a big sandwich and he's going to take it and we're going to end up with Bob Roode as Mister Money in the Bank.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it feels like he could put this briefcase up and lose it. Uh, kind of, I don't know where we are anymore. We're meandering into SmackDown talk now. I thought they ultimately they they just destroyed poor Dana Brooke on Sunday. Like, it's bad enough that in real life. This woman lost a boyfriend because you like choked to death on a protein bar. And that's not a joke. That's actually what happened. Yes. And then the announcers like treat her as if she's a special Olympics athlete who occasionally gets to wrestle. And it's like it's not her fault that they put her on main roster like two years before she was ready. And all of the problems that Dana Brooke has had in presentation and in real life. And now apparently her gimmick is that she's retarded. Well,
1: (laughs) yes, there was uh, the fact that there was about three weeks worth of advertising where it was established that the money in the bank briefcase was on the roof. Yes. But Dana saw a briefcase hanging in an office and thought she had fun the match. Yes. And, uh, uh, mom, Mom Stephanie McMahon had to come over and tell her what an idiot she was, and uh, tell her yes. it, no, it's it's on the roof. I guess Dana is like a 2009 Scott Steiner in that she doesn't watch the show she's on. Apparently,
0: yeah, yeah that's that's really really sucks for her. SmackDown was pretty dreadful again this week, but I just thought was- it, was, it was more meh than. Uh, actively one of the worst shows we've ever seen as it has been for the last month or so i was like
1: combining our money in the bank and smackdown talk here uh shockingly good uh bailey and tamina match i thought like it was not good by like traditional pro wrestling standards (laughs) but it was like the best tamina match i think she's ever had and uh or at least the best tamina match she's had in Eight years, and uh, yeah, they it was it, it wasn't. They wasn't rocket science what they did, you know. They the heel ran away for a while and then took advantage and worked over the babyface's leg and then cheated and won. Like it wasn't. It's not always you know. It's not always super hard to hide the weaknesses of of your talents. You know, I wish I wish they would do that more often.
0: Yeah, got, got no issues with that. Uh, okay, um, Wednesday Night War this week. Uh, I did not see any of NXT. I'll be watching it a couple of hours after we record this. I did see AEW. I thought it was a pretty good show. Uh, I'm not sure if it was better than last week or about as good as last week, but uh, it had some life to it. It went by pretty quick. There was some good wrestling. There was some good action, and uh, they announced a million things, both for TV next week and for the pay per for their pay per view in ten days. Uh, what do you think of Dynamite this week?
1: I Thought Dynamite was a, a pretty good show from what I saw. I, I flipped a little bit to NXT as well, but um, yeah, I thought I thought Dynamite was a pretty easy to watch show. They set up uh, another wild brawl match that is. Going to be between the inner circle and the elite. Although, when he says the elite, what does that mean? Because there's five of the inner circle, but Cody's in the elite, but Cody's in the TNT match. So is Cody wrestling twice, or is it like Matt Hardy and Hangman and Kenny? I
0: I would assume it's Hardy Omega, Hangman and the Box.
1: Okay, all right, yeah, I guess I, I guess based on what they did afterward the Jericho match. That makes sense.
0: But I don't know. And they didn't say either. In fact, they didn't actually officially say whether or not the elite accepted the match. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. So I guess we'll get some clarification on that. I will say, I really enjoyed this little thing with Jericho and, and should D slash pineapple Pete. I think they did like, a, it was like, it's just a really creative way to build up what would have been just a meaningless squash. And, uh, Um, I thought, I thought that was fun and I thought, yeah, I thought the, the main event was very basic and you set up Moxley chasing down the guy who stole his belt. So that's, that's all fine and good. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know why Cody had to drive his truck. You know, Cody's got a big old truck that he likes to, (laughs) he likes to tinker with. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, (laughs) and he drove it about four feet. From where he had it parked in the parking lot into a barricade <laughs> and knocked over a trash can and then got out to brawl with Lance Cade. Um, <laughs> so bad. Uh, yeah, it was silly. It was silly. It was very, it was very like, it was Nitro, but it was like, I don't know. It was like some, it would have been like some shoehorn product placement on Nitro. <laughs> like when they had the NWO NASCAR or something, like. Hollywood when, Hogan would have shown up in the NWO NASCAR to go fight with somebody or something,
0: right? Or like when they had the the hardcore match with Bam Bam Bigelow and Sandman, and they were hitting each other with like a surge trash can. <laughs> yes, uh, actually, I think, I think that was better.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, actually, you know what? There's some pretty entertaining. I don't. I don't want to get off on a rant here, but like, there's some pretty entertaining. If you like hardcore garbage wrestling, you know, there are worse there are worse examples of it than in, uh, in WCW in those later years. But anyway, yes, I thought Dynamite was an all right show, <laughs> um, although clearly not as entertaining as uh, ninety nine WCW hardcore brawls. Um, and then, yeah, NXT, the only things I saw were uh, that uh, t- t- the honey the honeymoon is over. Uh, and tim thatcher turned on matt riddle yeah I and that. yeah open it at the very least they would wait a little longer and wh- until they could get pete Dunne back in the mix but um yeah so they lost the tag titles and then wrestled each other in the main event and matt riddle won but then got beat up so it's a very wwe-esque uh way of doing that and another example of them kind of Shoving about three weeks worth of television into two hours, but hey, they're they're bringing back in your house for the next takeover, so that's something.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. It whatever, it's fine. Also, because we we can only use ideas from the nineties, Mike Tyson <laughs> is going to appear on the AEW pay per view. That's so <laughs> random. It, I personally like it because Court Bauer of MLW was acting like he had a snowball's chance in hell of signing Mike Tyson this week on Twitter. Uh, he was act- acting like, you know, MLW's uh, agents or Tyson's agents and a deal could be worked out. And uh, i just pretty much like any time Kurt Bauer gets taken down a peg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's
1: fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, I'm just happy with this in-your-house thing that they're trying to invoke besides the years 1998-2001. Sure. That's always nice.
0: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> this coming in a week when WrestleMania three was on, was on t- primetime, like the second most watched primetime uh, sports channel in North America this week. Yep really really weird um okay what else is it time to talk about becky stuff i think it's about time uh yeah i guess
1: neither wednesday show is bad but it's not a lot i don't feel like there's a lot that we really need to delve into uh beyond what we already have
0: yeah next week's the go home show for aew so they'll probably shoot some angles nxt's pay-per-views june 7th and WWE is doing Backlash uh, in a while. like Sometime June. in the future. <laughs> it's like June 14th, I think. So we're still a month away from that. So we got plenty of time to go get into all that stuff. Uh, Becky Lynch, I guess word came... They taped uh, some Raws and SmackDowns and stuff on Monday this week. So word kind of got out in the afternoon. Oh, Becky Lynch is pregnant. And uh they opened raw with with that, with her making that announcement and announcing that the money in the bank match was for the Raw Women's Championship and she gave Asuka the title. And apparently they did not smarten Asuka up. They did not tell Asuka that <laughs> that Becky was going to tell her she was pregnant. I guess Asuka just knew she was getting the title. And um This, to me, was up there with the Ric Flair retirement ceremony, the Shawn Michaels retirement ceremony, the Edge retirement ceremony, uh, Daniel Bryan retirement, uh, all of these things which are uh, uh, segments that have real emotion. Uh, This segment was up there with those for me. It's one of the greatest in the history of of Monday Night Raw. What would you think?
1: um yeah I mean there's a little bit of me as we've talked about several times with every segment on a wrestling show where I'm like man imagine if there was a crowd here like yeah. and that I and that I'm not saying that hurt it but it it I mean it, it was just something that was in the back of my mind when I was watching it but yeah it was uh it was a really really nice segment she got to come out and kind of bear her soul and explain. Uh, You know, talk about her journey to this point and and how much she loved wrestling and loved the fans and um, how proud she was to kind of be the, you know, the torchbearer. And but also you could and you could tell, like, as 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 sad as she is that she's going to have to go away for a while, um, that she's also very clearly very excited and happy to go get to go to get to go be a mom and yeah the inner it was uh i think i said this to you privately but like that segment had everything i love about wrestling it was it was real genuine emotion uh you know a memorable moment characters are different than they were when they entered the segment plus it had asuka doing asuka stuff so like (laughs) that's everything i want out of professional
0: wrestling do you think the Tardosca baby babyface? I took that and the backstage celebration with Kyrie wearing her babyface gear as an official babyface turn.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think by default, just because uh, Raw's pretty heel-heavy, I feel like on the women's side, uh, and doesn't have a ton of babyfaces unless you're gonna do like unless you're gonna do Natty or uh, Live, I guess. Um, which wouldn't necessarily be bad, but it just feels like it feels like with Shayna and Naya waiting on the heel side, you can. And the fact that, you know, if there were crowds, they would be cheering Asuka anyway because she's so great. Um, that you can probably just make her the de facto babyface for now. And I mean, if you come up with a program where you want her to be the heel, you can probably have her shift back the other way. And it, isn't that great of a transition because she's kind of just herself. Yes. But, uh, and so you can kind of play that either way. Um, but I would say in the immediate and based on the rest of the show, as Shayna Baszler turned in the greatest performances (laughs) of her career, at least from the (laughs) microphone, from a promo standpoint, she declared that Becky Lynch's kid is going to suck. (laughs) And, uh, and then told Natty that she will never have children and that the Heart Dynasty dies with her before going out and beating her ass. Uh, she's, she's, she's just, uh, she was incredible on this show. And it feels like uh, Shayna and Asuka is is the direction to go.
0: I think uh, that was really a tour de force performance by Shayna. And if my 2019 Emmy nomination. For WWE, my submission, my four-year consideration would have been uh, Scott Dawson reacting to having Usi Hot put in his trunks. (laughs) I think for 2020, it would be the Shane and Basil promo saying the man was going to be fat and pregnant, barefoot, on the couch, eating bonbons, that the kid was going to suck, because look at who the father is. (laughs) (laughs) Just, oh, I think that would be my submission this year. Yeah,
1: it, it was, was great. It was great. It was the greatest. You know, I've been a big Shayna fan for forever now, and uh, even I didn't expect her to be that great. <laughs> and uh, my goodness, <laughs> what a what a line! But yes, uh, on, on the Becky front, it's uh, obviously very exciting. They did the the interview with People Magazine that went up just after the segment was over. Yeah, and I guess she's due in December, and. Yeah uh obviously the second somebody leaves for something like this it's oh when they're gonna come back when they're gonna come back and like i would like i feel like i don't know it's not my place to give anyone any sort of advice or suggest what they should or shouldn't do but um i don't think she needs to rush back because i think whenever she does come back it'll be a big deal and she'll be right back where you know she'll be back where she was and as we've talked about numerous times, it only helps you to be off of WWE <laughs> television, as really far as does. being popular with the fans and such. So, um, and maybe by the time she comes back, uh, arena they'll be allowed to have fans in arenas again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's exciting news, and uh, yeah, I guess. The bad news for Becky is that uh, she is linked to Seth Rollins literally for the rest of her and or her child's <laughs> life. Uh, there's no getting away from it now.
0: <laughs> yeah, so much for my uh, they're never going to get married theory. I think yep. that's, that's pretty much out the window now. Uh, I think they're turning Seth babyface. I think this whatever weird character thing they're doing with him, I think is going to lead to a babyface turn because one they've just completely assassinated this character as a as a heel and two how could how can he be a heel you know what i mean
1: yeah i mean i thought when they had him shake drew's hand after the match that either he was leaving television for a while or that yeah that they were going to turn him babyface and that he was going to come out and stand on the stage at the end of the segment with becky but instead, he tried to gouge out Rey Mysterio's eye. <laughs> yes. So I guess we have to. It's a slow burn.
0: <laughs> yes, that was that was my take. Is that they're 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 doing some kind of slow burn baby feature. But um, just I, I I know that you're the of the two of us. You're the one who's excuse me. You're the one who's braver than the troops. That's true. I am. Uh, however, I would like to say that if that if if need be, I I would be willing to raise that child as my own. <laughs>
1: you know what? That is that is quite brave. Um, it turns you. out we're bo- both we're both braver than than any troop.
0: Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. That's
1: uh, yeah. I don't know. I, it's 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 it's, it's ex- I mean it's exciting. It's a weird time. Obviously, one of the the biggest stars in the biggest wrestling company in the world is going to be gone for at a minimum a year
0: probably yeah this is it's unprecedented nothing like this has happened before
1: yeah and do you i mean is there a worry in the back of your mind again not that this should be important in really anybody's book that Vince is getting is going to get even more antsy about pushing anybody that hard because well, if you push a man, he'll leave and and go to Hollywood. <laughs> but if you push a woman, she could get pregnant and go home because this is Rhonda, who I guess hasn't gotten pregnant, but said she was going home to get pregnant. <laughs> and now Becky, who has gotten pregnant, uh, do you think? Do you think Vince gets a little uh, a little more cagey about really strapping the rocket to anybody from here on out?
0: I th- I think he decided. Like 15 years ago that they weren't strapping the rocket to anybody to any kind of degree ever again. Unless they hadn't, unless they were forced to. <laughs> well, and the Becky thing, like they did do like a level of merchandising for her that they only do for somebody. But they're really pushing really hard like a John Cena. They did do that level of merchandising for her. I
1: was going to say they but, put out like four new T-shirts for her since she announced the pregnancy.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, it's not like she was presented as, you know, she still had to kiss Triple H and Stephanie's ring, you know, on TV, you know what I mean? Sure. So, I, I don't think they'll anyone, as long as Vince is in charge, anyone will ever be pushed that hard again. <laughs> it, it's, it sucks.
1: I mean, I'm just <laughs> saying, the more people you push that are over 40, the less chance you have of them having a baby.
0: That's true. That is true. What did you think of the Undertaker documentary, since we're uh, talking about old people?
1: I didn't get to see the whole thing uh, yet. I'd like to watch it, but I have a deep-rooted cynicism about the Undertaker <laughs> as a person and as a wrestling character at this point.
0: Understandably so. <laughs>
1: um, and it's just like watching that. And I, I mean, it's an interesting concept because obviously a lot of this footage is from that from that in that first episode, is from that Roman Reigns match, which was, what, two WrestleManias ago now? Or three? Three. three. Um, where he really thought that was going to be it, which you've heard, and there's been that story that he thought WrestleMania 30 was it, and that's why they had Brock beat him, and then he came back. And then that Roman match was going to be it. And then, or after the Shane match, he came backstage and told Vince he was done. And then he came back the next year and said, "They said the Roman match is the end." Then he came back and wrestled Cena, and 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 they're gonna, I guess, get into the Goldberg stuff and stuff going forward. So, like, I am interested in it, but it's like, as a person and as a guy who had so many times where he could have hung it up and it would have been great, and he would have, rem- and he only would have been remembered for his greatness it's more, like, it's kind of sad and also, like, darkly humorous to me, that he's just, like, he's, he's in search of this thing that he physically will almost definitely never have, which is a good wrestling match um, ever again, and uh, he, so, like, there's something interesting to it, but it's also that thing where it's like, no, like, the, the punk match was the match to go out on, and he came back another year and he and I understand he got concussed in that Brock match, but that match was terrible. And then he came back and had some OK matches with Brock. And you're like, all right, maybe that should be when he goes out. But then he kept coming back. And every and now twice a year when the Saudi Prince cuts a check or doesn't cut a check, depending on if you look at their earnings reports, um, but says he's going to cut a check any day now to <laughs> WWE. Uh, he laces up them boots and it's hard for me to feel like, oh, he's trying to protect his legacy when no, he's coming out of you're coming out of retirement for blood money shows, wrestling other old guys <laughs> like I don't feel like that's I don't feel like that jives quite with this idea that he's so protective of his aura and his legacy that <laughs> he just wants to go out with one last great match. It's like, no, you keep coming back because they keep saying, hey, we'll pay you two million dollars. if you wrestle Goldberg for six minutes like that's why you keep coming back it's not because you're in and again this is my cynicism coming through and maybe in his head it is really about his legacy and about trying to go out with one last great match but it's hard for me to feel that way when I've seen what he's come back for over the last couple of years
0: that is more than understandable I would like to point out that uh, WWE sent out screeners for this mm. documentary, and I had the opportunity to see it a couple of days early that I did not take because uh, life is short. And they also WWE also uh, politely suggested that maybe uh, we could write an article about how much the Undertaker has meant to the business. <laughs> So they,
1: we call that sponsored content in uh in in the, in in those circles
0: yeah so that's that's weird perhaps <laughs>
1: you could uh, write an article about the five your five favorite undertaker matches which are conveniently available <laughs> on the award winning w <laughs> w e network free for new subscribers
0: yes precisely that's that's what happened all right uh i felt like there was something else to get into but i can't possibly remember what it is at this point is there anything else you'd like to discuss
1: well i mean these are the the dangers of of these free-flowing discussions that we have it's sometimes we get lost along the way but you know what are you gonna do this is after all the first and only wrestling podcast
0: so till next time i'm ethan
1: and i'm liam
0: we'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life
1: adios For listening, don't forget to leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features.
0: I'm talk about getting old, that's fine. All right, so I'm getting old and uh, I don't like it, I don't like it one bit. Um, Apparently, I've reached a stage in life where I'm out of real problems, and I have to manufacture adversity. So, like, <laughs> there's uh, there's this couple that I encounter in uh, walking their dog in the park at, like, 1130 at night. I don't know, a couple times a week. And uh, they're walking a German Shepherd off leash, which... I don't know that it's the same German Shepherd that I've encountered off-leash in that same park before, but um, I don't believe that I should have to live in fear because someone else wants to break the law. And uh, Mm. my dog dog does not do well with other dogs, and their dog is uh, off-leash, and... I would really just like to confront these people and scream obscenities at them for not playing by the rules. Even though this does not really impact my life. Except for a couple of minutes of feeling slightly uncomfortable a couple of times a week.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a very, uh, it, you have a very active dog. It's not as it and you don't have a yard, so it's not as if you can avoid taking him for walks. Right. Uh, I understand why that's frustrating. Yes. But, and you shouldn't, and I understand the uh, instincts to say you shouldn't have to change where you walk your dog just because somebody else is, uh, as, you, as you say, not uh, not not playing by the rules. That's fair. Sure. Uh, I mean, there we, there are bigger <laughs> problems in the world, of course. Yes. But uh, hey, I get it. That's that's a fair sure. uh, that's a fair issue.
0: Sure. We're also like this park's also like a block and a half from a dog park where you can let your dog off the leash. Oh, which oh yeah. Make, makes it all the more like insanely frustrating but uh yeah you're
1: not walking in the woods you know like
0: right we're in the middle of baltimore city (laughs) right so anyway
1: That, that also i just think on on their side it's just do you not care if like your dog runs away like i don't know what if like somebody sets off fireworks or something or for any reason that triggers the dog's, uh, you know, fight or flight thing. Right. and They just zoom off. You, you're going to chase down the German Shepherd running at full speed, not <laughs> on a
0: leash? I just think no matter how well trained your dog is, there are still situations like that that you can't account for their behavior. Absolutely.
1: So, I mean, I, I, I've, I've taken Bailey to a little park near here and I let her off the leash a little bit, but I keep her within about 10 feet of me at all times. Cause I just
0: right.
1: don't know who's going to come walking, you know, walking around the corner or right. what's going to come running up to her or again, or just a loud noise or something. It's part of having a shelter dog is also like. You don't know what their triggers are either. Like right. are they gonna see something they think they recognize that's gonna trigger some you know physic you know, some deep like muscle memory and they're gonna bolt? We don't know. So yeah. No, I get it. That's the frustrations of being a dog owner in uh, in mm. the greater Baltimore area.
0: Yeah. I try to keep on keeping on.